Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. My name is Mosey Truitt, and this week, I'm so excited to bring back the one and the only Frida Rebel. Uh, you might know her from the first season. We did a couple of episodes together that are some of my favorites. And uh, yeah, she's back. I'm so, so excited. Uh, she is one of my best friends. And uh, I just want to give a little shout out to this podcast because it was after we recorded the first couple episodes that we really became like close. Um, so that was amazing. I'm so grateful we did those few episodes because I just am so grateful for her in my life and I am so grateful that she wanted to come back on the podcast. So uh, if you don't know, Frida is the trainer for A Little Rescue trainer and I think just overall horse manager. I'm not sure. Sorry if I'm getting the titles wrong. A Little Rescue is my favorite horse rescue. They are just absolutely amazing. And Frida really blows me away with the difficult cases and the horses that she works with. Um, she is such a talented trainer and horsewoman, and she works with really difficult horses. And we talk about that in this episode. Uh, we talk about aggressive horses. And even more so, we talk about the lessons that these horses teach us and the really, the actual value, I think, in the training and in, in the experience has more to do with ourselves. So we dive into that. We dive into her experience with um, a particular, two particular horses we talk about in this episode, Rue and Roe. Um, and you might know Roe is now set free as one of the wild horses at the wild horse sanctuary that I have, which is just absolutely amazing. She got here this week, and so we tell you about that story. And Rue is another really special horse that I'm just going to let you guys listen to the episode because we explained the whole thing. But um, these two horses are really, really incredible and uh I'm so excited to share their story with you guys in this episode with Frida. In the beginning, we also tell a story about Moon, who's my horse. Um, and you might know from the other episodes that Frida is the reason I have Moon. And Moon will always have, you know, both of us as her guardians looking out for her because um, we both love her so much. So thank you, Frida, also for bringing that incredible horse into my life. But yeah, um, I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. I also, just before we jump right in, um, I was sick when we recorded this episode. So towards the end of the episode, I think you start hearing some sniffles and I'm sorry if that, uh, that hurts your ears. Hopefully it won't. I mean, they're just sniffles, but, uh, kind of sounds like I was crying the whole time, which, you know, is appropriate for this episode because there are definitely some times where I was, uh, tearing up at uh, Frida's wisdom and at her experience with these horses. So, But anyway, I am really excited to share this episode with you guys. If you want to see the horses we talk about in the beginning and kind of throughout the whole episode, um, you can definitely check out my Instagram. You can also check out Voices of the Herd to see more of Ro. And you can check out Frida's Instagram to see more of Rue. So yeah, if you want like a face to, to these horses that we're talking about, you can see them there. And yeah, without any, no more else to talk about, so uh, let's jump in.
Hey, Frida. Hi, Mosey. <laughs> um, should we just talk a little bit about what just happened with Moon outside? <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, I have a brand new car. I'm really proud of it and I love it. Um, and if you hear some noises, it's my dogs. They're very excited about that we're recording. But, but yeah, so I pull in here on the property and um, it's really dark outside. And then Moon hears my voice. So she comes over and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, not the car, Moon, not the car. And she literally runs up to it and she takes the biggest bite of the side of it and she scratches it with her teeth. And then she it turns into this big game because I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm running around. And because we used to play when she was a baby and like I had her for so long, she thought it was like a total game. Like, let's play. Don't bite the car. But yeah so there's a big scratch but i'm really happy about it because um yeah every day when i see it i'll think of moon so it's good <laughs> and for people who don't know moon frida's how i got moon and uh mm-hmm. and yeah the horses are just loose here yeah uh, and they've and they have not bothered anyone's car except moon did once bite my car like a couple days ago um but they usually don't like mess with anyone's car, but it's, I feel like she saw you yeah. and she loves you. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh no, don't do it. So yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. a total game. It was good. I'm happy about it. Well, I'm really happy it was her because if it had been any other horse than one that you loved, I would feel really bad right now. I would have been like, Mosey, why is your horse biting my car? But then when it was kind of my horse biting my car, I was like, yeah. And you know what? As I said before we started, it was good for my ego. You know what? It's only a car, honestly. It's just a metal thing that we transport around in. So it, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> so big things happened yesterday. Uh, we basically wanted, we've been wanting to do this episode um, ever since this whole like, basically a whole bunch of things have lined up. Frida and I have been watching this horse for like, it's all like four years or something. But it's not four years. I think it's, it's like two to three years. Two to three years. Yeah. Frida. So basically, I'll just start like kind yes. of give a basic. So yep. a few years ago, Frida um, posted about this horse um, that needed a home and was in a shelter or mm-hmm. in a whatever. In a barn in a environment. Barn. Yeah, a barn yeah. environment. And um, and you post so many photos of horses and you have so many different ones and, you yeah. know, I always love it. But for some reason, when I saw this photo of this particular horse, I remember like texting you like right away, right then, like, who is this horse? What yeah. is this? Like, how can yeah. we, yeah. like, does this horse need a home? And it hadn't worked out that I could take her mm-hmm. and it really didn't work out that you could take her at the time either. But I think both of us for a couple years, like we're just keeping tabs on her and yeah. I would go visit her and you mm-hmm. would go visit her. And, um, and I think we both like trusted that at some point we would find a way to help her out or find a way to take her, but it just wasn't lined up. And then a couple of weeks ago, everything just lined up and we want to share that story with you because I'm like just amazed that she's here now. Yeah. So, you know, when I first got a call about her, yeah, two, three years ago from a friend of mine that said, hey, listen, at this place, there is this horse and they can't really handle her. And she's kind of wild and they're having some problems. And would you go take a look at her? And I was like, okay, 
fine, I'll go take a look at her because it sounds like something I would love. <laughs> um, so I went up there and I met her and she's very special. Like she's wild at heart. Like her soul is wild. Yeah. She does not belong in a barn. She belongs with herself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like she just, it's not that she doesn't like people. But she doesn't want to be told what to do. She's just free. Free-spirited, fully wild at heart. And I made a promise to her then and there. And I said, one day, I will get you out of here. Somehow, I will make you free. I have no idea how that's going to be. Because I don't even have a big pasture. Uh, I don't even have a grass area to put you. (laughs) And you didn't have this place. And... You know, I just I didn't even know who to ask. But so then I kept tabs on her and I tried to find her a home. And then you went up here and like went to visit her. And I just put it out in the universe that one day somehow Mosey and I will make something work for this, you know, for this horse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I felt the exact same way. Like I went. I started like visiting her every week for a while and I remember her like she wasn't really touchable. She'd been there mm-hmm. since she was a baby, but like people were scared to go in with her yeah. and I had built like kind of a relationship over the fence because we weren't allowed to go in yeah. with her and like was falling in love, but knew that I wasn't in the right place to take her on. And yeah. I think because I also felt like I didn't want to train her and I didn't mm-hmm. want her to be a project. Mm-hmm. And at that point I felt like I only had like, like, I, I felt like if I had taken her at that point, it would have been, like, I needed to do a project with her. I needed to help her in a in a training way, and that just didn't seem right. And then, a couple weeks ago, I went back up to the rescue, and I, or to the shelter, and I'd always seen her there, and she wasn't there. And I was, like, asking someone, like, where did this horse go? And they're, like, she was adopted. And I was like, Are, oh, wow, like, that's amazing. I can't believe that happened because you guys were, like, saying she was crazy wild. Like, you guys must have done some training. Like, she found a home. Like, okay, great. And then I think, like, the very next day, you and I talked. Yeah, we were on the phone. And then, no. No, you were is, here. Yes, yeah. I came to visit with my mom. So like I wanted, the next day. Yeah, so I <laughs> wanted my mom to come and meet uh, Moon because my mom saw Moon when she was younger. And um, yeah, and we wanted to see Mosey and everything. And then I was like, Mosey, I sent you like a text and, you know, I posted on Instagram about um, Ro and like this whole thing. And then Mosey's like, wait a minute, wait. And then it was like he clicked in your head that you were like, <laughs> Oh my god. You have her? I was like, yes. Oh my god. I <laughs> how could know. you have not how could this not have but you know, there was the fire and it was so much going on and I also have another horse that looks very much like her named Rue, not Ro, and it was just very confusing. But yes. Yeah, you had like apparently Frida had texted me telling me she had gotten this horse and like I had texted her like, "Oh, cool." And 
like for all the years that we had been like watching her, my reaction probably should have been like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is a very odd way. She doesn't even respond right away. I thought that you were like going to be over the moon. I was like, okay. I anyways. was when I, yeah. I, you came here and we hadn't seen each other for a while. And I was going to tell you, did you hear that she was adopted? And I was yeah. like about to tell you that when it clicked for me that you had adopted her and you were the one that had her. And my mind was just blown. And I know. And my mom was watching this whole thing go down. <laughs> and then my mom in the car on her way home, she was like, wow, you and Mosey, you really inspire each other. You really get going. I was like, yep, yep, we have a good talk. So how did you end up, like, getting her? Because there were the fires and then... (laughs) My dog, I'm sorry, my dogs have never acted the way that they're acting now in their entire life. They're... They are um, very active. I love it. They're so, anyway, they're I feel very like it's good happy. vibes for the room. They're, they're like- very happy here. <laughs> um, but so, how did we eventually get her? Yeah. So, um, the fires happened. We were evacuated. There was a lot of things going on, but it in this fire, a lot of horses ended up in the same place. And it happened to be that she was present in all of this. And I saw her very often during the period of the fire. And then when it was time to go back home, um, you know, the other people that I work with at A Little Rescue saw her as well. And it was like they clicked for them. They were like, wait, is this the horse you've been talking about for all these years? Is this the horse you and Mosey always talk about? I was like... Yeah, this is it. We've been here for two weeks. How could this not have clicked? And they were like, okay, well, if you can load her, take her home, you know, because she needs to run. She needs to have other horses. She needs to just get to be a horse because she lived in an environment that is in standard of regular equestrian people, you know, it's a barn. And there's nothing mean or cruel about that. But to this horse that's not what she needs it was like mental torture yeah and also because i feel like because people were scared of her and she wasn't handleable it wasn't like she got to go out no she was in a pipe crawl yeah pipe crawl like her whole life basically basically her whole life so we felt like we don't know what we're gonna do or how we're gonna do it but we have all the space so we were just gonna let her be in that space and um it was hard loading her um, but eventually she'd walked on to a trailer, a stock trailer, and she came home. I backed it into a pasture and I opened it up and she's been out there and running, um, just running and playing and she's been really, really happy. She does this thing when it rains where she stands in one place and all her legs just jump up and down, up and <laughs> down. Um, yeah, so she's been really happy, but I, then I started feeling like this is not enough either. Like, there's no hill for her to run in. There's no... It just just didn't feel like it was enough, you know? Yeah, for her. Yeah. And that's where my idea came in that I really, really, really wanted her to be with your wild horses. Because her dad was a wild Mustang. So, And what was crazy, too, about that and why, like, I feel like that idea just, like, came booming out of us as soon as I realized that you had her. Yeah. Because I had gone to the shelter the day before because I was considering, like, taking her home and releasing her with the wild horses. Yeah. And I was, like, already thinking, like, okay, I really, you know, now I have the space. Maybe I, maybe this would work out. 
And then, <gasps> sorry, my dog just got really mad. <laughs> like, sorry. it's my time in her lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, so it all kind of came together. It came Because you so had the thought the day before about releasing her with them. I And I always feel like this. I don't ever want to put pressure on anyone to take a horse. So I was like, I have to ask Mosey in a way where it's also something that, something that we come up with together. You know, I yeah. wanted it to be something that you really, really wanted. And um, because we've been down this road together for so long with this horse. So it, it, it just, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. And it was totally meant to be. It was totally meant to be. Because I think also if I had, you have such good connections and like you brought her home first. And I think for me, I didn't have as good rapport with where she was. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like it would have been as easy for me to get her as for you to go get yeah, her. Yeah, because we are a nonprofit. So yeah. a nonprofit to a nonprofit is easier yeah. in a lot of cases. And she is a very difficult case to be placed uh, so then if you are uh, an organization that and we could show that we what we could provide they she was released to us yeah which would have been much harder for me just as we're still starting up but yeah and she needed the time with me to have yeah. a pasture to actually be able to run to get stronger so then she could come here for the next step it happened so perfectly because yeah when she got to you guys that was the biggest space she'd like ever been in yeah. And the first yeah. time of her using her legs. And I think she got so strong because yesterday we actually released her with the wild horses. Yeah. And she, she's been doing amazing. She's yeah. so happy. And I feel like she, she is just like so wild at heart. And this is what it's all been leading up to. And I'm just amazed. I, I'm in awe because then we also had to load her. To come here. Yes. So you and I, we worked on it for a whole day together. And, you know, as we always want to do, we want her to choose to go on there by yeah. no pressure and no, you know, traditional way of like when you swing a lead rope to get them scared or anything yeah. like that. So it took a day and then we felt like it was going to get dark and we didn't want to release her in the dark. So then we started up the next day. And what did it take? 45 minutes? Yeah. It was like under an hour. And she stepped on completely on her own, which is a lesson that like I really learned. People can listen to the episode of um, when I had to load Luna, who was very similar. Like, because you had said when you tried to load her the first time, not you, but when the, when they had tried, like pressure and force did not work. No. So this, I mean, I haven't encountered this before. Uh It's like. If you use a whip with a plastic bag at the end, not to whip her, but to like make a noise and scare her. Yeah. And 99.9% of horses will lunge forward. What she would do, she turned around, looked at it and stomped at it. Yeah. So none of those techniques would work. So the only way that they would do it is because they were on a very um, short time restriction as well. Was to put her, make the space so small that there was no other way than to go than on the, to the trailer. So she didn't get hurt. There was not that much stress or pressured. It was just like, okay, there, there is no choice. So basically, you know, she didn't, she did not choose herself. Yeah. It's basically like a shoot. She's like a wild horse. It was basically like they had to make a shoot. Exactly. Which, you know, totally works. But that's why I was amazed though, like. When we had to load her and we were just like doing it without the force, yep. she just stepped on and she yep. came 
She got on and came home. Yeah, yeah. and we closed the door calmly. Yeah, we didn't. And then we started anything. driving. Um, but so the story about her name. Yes, because this is what I really want to get into. Because I really want to talk about also the other horse. That yeah. So <laughs> there is a horse named Rue, which we have at the rescue and is very dear to my heart. And Rue comes from a horrible background. She was actually found loose in Riverside County with a saddle and a bozal on running around in a creek bed. Yeah, so no one knows who she belongs to or how she ended up there. And it took animal control three days to catch her because she was so aggressive. Um, she's not an aggressive horse at heart. She's very, very scared. So she would rather defend herself than to get hurt. Yeah. But so... When I heard about this horse, because they called us and they said, we will, she will be euthanized at five o'clock today if you can't halter her. So, and then you had called Roe. Rue originally. So Roe is the one is the horse that is out at the sanctuary. Yeah, the, like bright chestnut red horse, and then yep. Rue is another bright red horse, which is the one that they found in the river. Yeah. Um. And I had been calling Roe, who's who's now Roe, Rue originally. Yes. And you named her this other horse because we weren't able to get exactly. Ro yet. So we weren't we weren't able to get Roe. But then when I got the opportunity and there was space for Rue, then I named her, I, I looked at her and I thought of our wild horse now, Roe, that's released. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call you Rue as an homage because I can't help that other horse right now, but I can help this horse because this horse, I, I can halt her in two hours and I can walk her onto a trailer and... You know, um, so that's how the story goes that, you know, it makes me super emotional. But if it wasn't for this wild horse, um, I would never have Rue. And uh, Rue is like one of my best friends. I love (laughs) Rue so much. And she's such an incredible horse. So it's like because of, you know, Roe and now being in the wild horse sanctuary is because of her. We also have Rue. Yeah. (laughs) It is, the whole thing is just so beautiful and it's, it's incredible to me. Like there's just so many things at play, like with these two bright red, like fillies. Um, and I really want today to talk about Rue, your Rue, because you take on horses that I think most of the population would like never want anything to do with just because they're aggressive yeah. to begin with. And I think you mm-hmm. see behind that aggression mm-hmm. and you're able to tap into their heart. And honestly, like, you you connect with horses that I would be scared to work with. Like, Rue in the beginning and how you had to get mm-hmm. her within, like, five hours or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with how she was in the beginning and how she can still be, like, I would have fear around it. Yeah. And I would be intimidated to work with her. But you have something so special about connecting to their hearts. And I want to talk about that because I, I don't know, I see, I see how incredible that is. And I think it's because you see them for who they are. 
Mm-hmm. So if we can start with like, yeah, talking about maybe that first day of getting mm-hmm. Rue and what she was like and what how you formed a relationship, I would be so interested. Um, so first of all, the only reason I'm able to... I'm sorry, I have to blanket my dog. Oh, yes. No worries. She needs to be under her blanket, so... Um, no but first of all i i need to say the only reason why i'm able to do what i do is because of a little rescue Mm -hmm. and brandy that owns the rescue she's an incredible woman and she gives me the opportunity to um work with horses that other people wouldn't and she never gives up on any horse and she never says no to horse that's in true, true need. And she doesn't back off from a challenge. And because of her, I'm able to do what I do. Uh, so yeah, that day we get a call from a woman that says like, okay, well, she will be euthanized at 5 p.m. Because that's when the shelter closes. I drove down there. Um, we had a trailer. And I knew that this horse was extremely aggressive. It wasn't like something I've met before. She actually would jump over the pipe corral to grab staff's hair to drag them. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was really bad. And I I was like, I didn't know if I had taken on a little too much because I've never really had a horse like that. But then when I met her, it was pretty right off the bat when we were in a we were in a stall. It was like a box stall, and there was no windows, nothing. So it was just like a metal box. Mm-hmm. Then I realized pretty right away that she is a lot like me. That's why I've never been scared of her, because it was like I met myself in a metal box, <sighs> and it sounds maybe really strange to someone that that doesn't. Um, like look at themselves that way it's like when I look at horses or I look at other people or I look at a dog I always look for what are our similarities I don't ever look for how different are we I look for how much alike are we but so I saw a lot of myself in her and I was like okay so she's terrified so she's just gonna just kick and bite and defend herself so that I can't she won't give anyone the benefit of a doubt. Yeah. You know, so um, I started with a soft lead rope. I wanted to desensitize her to the lead rope. So I threw the lead rope on her like mm-hmm. many, many, many times and she'd flinch. Her whole body would flinch. Like she'd jump in the air. And then there's a lot of people standing outside the stall and they're like, oh, TikTok, you know, time's ticking. Oh, God. And yeah, because. It's a lot, we've talked about this the last few days, you and I, about people's pride and ego and it's like, you know, but, uh, so eventually she got desensitized to the lead rope, being able to be thrown on her so that she didn't flinch by it because she noticed, okay, she's not throwing it on me to hurt me or make me go forward. She's throwing it on me just like if she would pet me, it's just like something touching me. Yeah. So eventually I threw it over her neck. And then I was able to get closer to her so that I could take the other end of it. So it became a loop. So that I had her that way. And um, I just sang to her. And I talked to her calmly. And I was just like, 
I'm not like holding this rope around your neck to, you know, hurt you. I'm doing this to help you. So I did it in a very soft way. And then I was able, when she noticed that she couldn't really get away from me, she was Mm -hmm. like, okay, so either I have to now kill her or I have to surrender to it. And she noticed because I was calm, she became calm. And then I petted her face and she just like laid her face up against my chest and that was it. And then I was able to do anything from there. I haltered her and I walked her on the trailer and I've never, ever, ever seen a horse shake like that. Yeah. She shook like a leaf, but she trusted me and she was like, okay, I got to get on this trailer. And she walked right on. It was like literally life or death. Yeah, and because she was so aggressive to the staff, they wouldn't euthanize her, and she'd get shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, no pressure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, but I I knew that if I'm in here long enough, and if I'm kind enough, if I'm patient enough, I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah. You know? I think about, again, like the episode I recorded with Nina about um, getting Luna, Mm-hmm. And that was like a whole, it was a whole life lesson, you know, mm-hmm. with her of like trying to get this wild horse on and like mm-hmm. being pressured to use force mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. our whole experience. But mm-hmm. I remember thinking in that time, because we ended up like taking a week because pressure would not work at all for her. She wouldn't like surrender to anything. And we had to like ask her to come on completely free. And I was thinking about all of the pressure I just felt in that, like, even though we ended up having many days mm-hmm. to do it, the pressure was so intense to like get her and go. Mm-hmm. And, and I talked with Nina about like you with Rue and about mm-hmm. how you had like one day and it wasn't even like one day and then you mm-hmm. can't take her home. It was mm-hmm. one day or she's going to get shot. Yeah. Like I can't even fathom the amount of pressure. Um, just put on you in that circumstance and like having to connect and be there and be stable for, mm-hmm. for Rue, mm-hmm. um, enough that she'll like actually get on with you. Mm-hmm. And, and also like the pressure of everyone outside the stall, like you were saying, because I imagine like they had been trying to work with her and it mm-hmm. hadn't worked. So seeing you yeah. come in yeah. and have something work would be hard. Yeah. Um, and that, that might make them lash out at you, which I think people yeah. did. Yeah. Or like try to discourage you. Yeah. How did you, seeing yourself in this box and seeing yourself in her, mm-hmm. how did you handle that day? Like, well, I think the first thing that I do when I meet horses that are like her or maybe not as extreme, extreme, but I try to figure out are they truly aggressive aggressive or are they scared you know so it's like okay so what are you gonna do like it's it's important to test it because there are horses that will they really really go for it they'll like bite you and then they'll keep biting you Right. But a horse that just wants to protect itself or that are worried will bite you and then run away yeah, See, like that's a quick di- sneak attack. Yeah, and- exactly. So that's the difference. What I noticed with her, that she would never come at you from front. She'd never look at you and come at you. It would be when you turned around. So that's when I noticed she's super insecure and super scared. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think I realized that because when you are like, I'm insecure and I'm scared and I'm terrified of most things in life. So when I meet these horses, I'm like, okay, you know, how do I handle situations and like, how do I find strength and how can I be brave? And I usually say to myself, it takes one minute of bravery. And that's what I do. Like, I'm going to be brave for one minute. So it's like, I have to then say to myself, okay, now be brave for one minute at a time. And you go in and I have to be so stable and in like a state of almost like a meditative state where I give all my strength and all my security that I have inside of me to her. And then I can be sad or scared or anxious or break down when I'm on my way home. But I can't be that now. I have to make sure that she knows that no matter what, I will be safe for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I actually, mm-hmm. you you shared the, like, idea of, like, just one minute of bravery with me, mm-hmm. like, a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. And it has, just remembering it now, like, really changed my life because I will have times <laughs> where I'm like, oh, God, I can't do that. I can't, like, usually it's like, I can't make this phone call. And then, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, just, like, mm-hmm. just do it, like, right, just right now. Like, yeah. just, like, one minute yeah. bravery. And that leads to more usually. I would yeah. imagine like it doesn't like stop after 60 seconds when you're in it. <laughs> yeah. But like that initial. Yeah. Because like... you'll make a choice every 60 seconds or every one second if you need to or every one day or one hour. It doesn't matter. But you have to make a new decision all the time about like, okay, I'm going to be brave, you know. Yeah. And brave can also be vo- showing that you're vulnerable. Brave yes. can also be like saying hey guys this i can't handle this i can't halter this horse i am not i can't put myself in this situation that's also being brave you know that is brave it's not just being tough and like running around like a superhero totally i agree with that like twelve thousand (laughs) percent that's a very specific number but um yeah i i think that being vulnerable and showing our insecurities is like the bravest thing we can do Mm -hmm. which and if you think about like a horse like Rue, it's the moments where she's not attacking you from behind and pretending to be tough and she's mm-hmm. showing you that she's scared. Mm-hmm. And that's her, those are her bravest moments and those are her yeah. vulnerable moments and those are the yeah. moments you've unlocked with her. Yeah. And I think that they're able to do that because I, I am the most truthful when I'm with a horse because they don't lie to me. So I would never lie to them in the way that I show my emotions. I'm not going to act brave if I'm not brave. Yeah. You know, a lot of when I was little, I was taught like, well, just go in the stall, be the boss, be the boss. Mm, well, you can't really be strong if you don't feel strong. So like, why would she then trust me if I don't show my real emotion? Yeah. So I have to be the emotion that I show the horse. And then if I am scared or if I'm insecure, I show that. Yes. And then because she's also scared and insecure. Like even the leader horses in the wild get insecure sometimes. And that doesn't mean that the other horses don't love and respect that horse. Yeah. I, I just, I feel this so strongly that I think 
also in the equestrian world were kind of afraid of coming off as fearful. Yeah. Like we try to pretend like we're not afraid because yeah. we're somehow not tough or, mm-hmm. and, and even the whole idea of like horses can sense your fear. So like, don't mm-hmm. show your fear mm-hmm. when, yeah, horses can sense your fear. So you're not going to be <laughs> fooling them if you pretend like you're yeah. not. Then you just come across as a liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So and- <laughs> no one likes a liar. And I think that's why I can work with these horses because I won't lie to them. Yeah. Uh, with my emotions. So when I go in there, I can just be like, I have a sense of calm and I'm just, I stay calm and I don't, it's like, you know, when you say don't flinch, Yeah. but it's very important that if a horse like Rue would come at me, I need to just breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. Because if I run out of that stall, then, you know, I think you can look at it as that, oh, then, she, you know, you, she can tell that you're scared and she's the boss and blah, 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 blah. That's how people would look at that situation. Yeah. But I see it as if I run out of that stall, then I show her that there's something to be scared of. So yeah. I'm if I'm not scared and if I just stand and hold my ground, I also need to show her that I respect my body. So yeah. I put a boundary of like, no. You cannot hit me. You cannot bite me because I do not hit and I do not bite you. Yeah. And then you get a respect between each other. And it's not like I don't hit back, but I just like you can put your arm up and protect your face. Yeah. You know, and you can say like, no, you may not come at me. I really love this because I think that boundaries were something that like took me a little while to like figure out with the horses mm-hmm. when I was younger because you know even just the word respect in the equestrian world is used so often to really mean obedience so people exactly. will say like the horse doesn't respect me because <sighs> when I run him in a circle he doesn't uh, <laughs> he'll change the direction on me yeah you know yeah. or when I'm riding he he says no yeah and that's not respect mm-hmm. but but I think that, you know, if we're talking about the real definition of respect mm-hmm. and it's starting with, like you said, like respect for ourselves mm-hmm. and that's where we like really, yeah. I think when compassion, it starts with ourselves. Kindness yeah. starts with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Respect, boundaries, all of that comes from within and mm-hmm. to come to the horse with a respect for yourself yeah. first, I think it even gives more permission for Mm -hmm. them to respect themselves or for, you know, I I think that it's such a lesson that comes with people Mm -hmm. that also works so well with horses and it can be such a learning experience. I, what I've come to believe is that feelings are feelings. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're an animal, if you're a person, like we all have feelings. Yeah. So it's like we can understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because we just show our feelings and we're not liars, then we should probably just understand each other. You know, if we're I love just what you say we're not liars, we're <laughs> just not liars. We just not lie to each other. Because if you look at the horses out in a pasture, they're not going to go in a corner and be like, "Hey, well, let's talk shit about that white horse over there," and yeah. then go and pretend to be nice to it. It doesn't happen. They yeah. just like, "Hey, get off my food pile." Okay, you know, like they're just like so right on about showing their true emotions. So I try to take that and be that way more 
and be that way about them, but also have the respect of like, no, you cannot hurt my body. Yeah. But then I also can't hurt their body. Yeah. So it's a give and take. So when then Rue came home and she was in a pasture, she did not want me to touch her body. It was very obvious. Like she was very protective of her body. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you space. So I will be on the other side of the fence because then I can't touch your body and you can't touch mine. You know? Yeah. So we started like that and she was like almost shocked. Like, you're going to play with me, but you're not going to touch me? Oh, this is great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she really, like, I think that's how I earned her respect. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, like, I just, I love the, like, seeing yourself in them and seeing the mirrors because you're, you don't want her to kick your body. Yeah. It's, like, the exact same thing. Like, yeah. And you can meet from that place. Yeah. Um. And it's just, I think, yeah, so often we, with horses, feel like, well, I should be able to do all this, even though I don't want you to do it to me. And yeah. it's that yeah. unequal balance that ultimately yeah. would make a horse like Rue more aggressive. Yes, 100%. The thing is, like, if you would go after her, it'd probably be the last thing you ever did. Because mm-hmm. she, she'll come for you. So it's like... That is when I'm going to try to place her with someone where she's going to be with a person and in a family and work in society, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be someone that really understands that you can't punish her because yeah. she's not punishing you. She's communicating with you. She's telling you that something's wrong. You know, you have to listen to her. And if you think that physical pain is going to break her down or make her do... She, this horse has been through so much physical pain... She had a metal bozal around her nose and the reins were on the ground. Every time she took a step, that metal hit her nose for days. So it's like you can't break this horse with physical punishment. Yeah. Like it's impossible. (laughs) It's, It's really interesting to me just hearing you say all this, like the way we treat horses possibly being such a reflection of how we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of times the people – or even like me, like in the past, like when I've treated a horse in a way that's punishing, mm-hmm. I'm usually using shame in some way to punish myself. Yeah. And if that's how I'm dealing with myself and mm-hmm. with my emotions and with what mm-hmm. I believe about myself, mm-hmm. it's going to come through on the horses. Yeah. Versus cultivating self-compassion and like how do I handle my own my own parts that I don't feel like, you know, my own shadow or what I don't feel yeah. good about myself. How do I treat myself in those harder times? It's going to say so much about how I treat the horse when I'm not getting what I want or when yeah. it's not going right. And, you know, my dad always says, like, you're a mirror to the world. Mm-hmm. So I try to be a mirror to them. And, like, there's times when I'm sad. There's times when I'm super insecure. And they're, they, yeah, they're all those times. And they have the same thing. Yeah. You know, and so I worked with Rude that way of respecting her body of being on the other side of the fence. And then for her to be able to put her head over and for her to touch my body. Yeah. And then I didn't lash out when she touched my body. So then when I touched her body, she didn't lash out at me. Yeah. But she did one time bite me really hard (laughs) in the back of my head. It was because we had a few days when we were fully alone and then I brought people. Mm-hmm. And they 
wanted to touch her body right away. Like people have this thing when they see a dog, they just really want to pet it. Yeah. I don't know what's, it's just a thing that people do. Yeah. So when they see a horse, they want to pet it. And she didn't do anything to them. Yeah. They walked away and then I turned around and she latched and bit the back of my head. It was almost like, screw you. You said that that wouldn't happen. It was almost like she got mad at me. Yeah. Because of that they came. She didn't hurt them, but she like told me that that was totally not okay. Almost like she expected you to protect her yeah. at this point too. Yeah. And yeah. after that, when you came to visit, when you yeah. came to meet her, I then said like, don't touch her. Yeah. Don't touch her. Like I didn't want anyone to touch her. So I did this thing when people would come visit. I said like, please don't touch her. Please yeah. give her space. You know, she is who she is. And because I knew that when she sees a person enough and a person respects her space enough, she comes and she wants you to touch her body. Yeah. yeah. it It's also such a different mindset. Um, like in the horse world, I think, or with your, our animals, so often I think we are in the mindset of what are people going to think and what do people expect mm-hmm. my animals to be able to do yeah. versus what's good for my animal. Mm-hmm. So we think like, oh, well, my horse should be pettable. Yeah. So... I'm going to, I want to please these people and yeah. let them pet her yeah. versus my horse doesn't want to be pet. So I'm going to like make a boundary to these people and like look out for my horse. Yeah. And I think that goes the same with ourselves that a lot of times we think we want to please these people. So we do things we don't want to do mm-hmm. when our heart, you know, maybe wants something else. And mm-hmm. I think as we get more in touch, we realize it's more important to protect our heart and ourselves. Yes. And it's, Really interesting in these last six to nine months that I have had Rue, my life has changed dramatically because I have gotten to be more brave and to be able to open up and to live my life the way that I want to because I see her be so brave and it's inspired me in my own life. And it's like we have this relationship where we kind of give and take. And I just, I'm thinking about people that listen to this episode. They're like, hmm, what can I possibly take away from this? Uh, Because I feel like I'm not giving like such exact instructions for how to train an aggressive horse. I just want to say that there is none. There is no instructions. There is no like, oh, this is my method. I have no method. I just say, don't be a liar. And I think if you don't lie (laughs) in life in general, I think you do pretty well. Yeah. It has been really amazing because I feel like your life in the past like year mm-hmm. has shifted so much mm-hmm. because you are, first of all, you're being so brave and you're <laughs> really like, I think you're freeing yourself in so many ways because you're realizing that you deserve to live mm-hmm. a life you want. And you mm-hmm. deserve to be happy mm-hmm. and you're choosing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything with the, this idea of aggressive horses or everything you've done with Rue in some ways is like a reflection of how do we handle the parts of ourselves that yeah. we, you know, that maybe we tell ourselves we're not deserving of something or mm-hmm. we tell ourselves that 
you know, whatever kind of negative thing, however we want to like punish ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you've chosen, and I don't know if it's been Rue that's influenced this <laughs> in you more or if it's this influence in you is changing how you handle Rue, but um, you are so free. I don't know, you inspire me so much in hearing about how your life has taken these shifts since you've gotten Rue. Yeah. Um, it amazes me. Uh, I think that I have, you know, tried to be a certain way and try to be a certain person that I'm not. I've tried to make myself be what I think I should be. And it made me really angry. So it made me like Rue. Yeah. You know? I was very aggressive. Like, I didn't go around punching people, but I could definitely, like, I was, it was very angry. And, you know, I just decided one day, it's like, it is so heavy. It's so hard to go around and be this angry. It takes so much energy. And if I carry all this around, I can't train. Like, I can't be with this horses. Like, what can I give them? I can give them nothing. You know, I can't, I can't be a good support for them. If I can't give my myself love, how can I show them love? How can I show them happiness? How can I sh- show them that if you trust me, if you trust yourself, if you trust this pasture, if you trust these other horses, like you will feel a sense of peace. If you, if I don't have peace, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, it, so and it's really rude. She inspired this to me, and I think like it's this thing thing when Moon came into my life, she changed how I how I trained or how I see training, because she was just so free and my friend and the most kindest like being I've ever met. And then it's the same thing with Rue. Like she changed me that I didn't want to be angry anymore. I didn't, it just, I saw her and it seemed so exhausting to be so angry all the time that I just didn't want to be like that anymore. And I didn't want her to be that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what did you do? Like when you had that realization? What? Mm, I just, so I realized for me to take decisions, it takes a really long time. And it's like I have to sail seven seas before I'm ready to take a decision. Mm-hmm. So I give myself the opportunity to like really feel like what is right for me and what do I want. And then I just sit on it and I don't have a time restriction on things anymore. Because I used to beat myself up really hard about that things would take too long for me, I think. But then I just stopped feeling that way and I just do what feels right. It's like, I was like, yeah. if the way that I train, if I just live my life that way, if I train myself like I trained the horses, yeah, then maybe <laughs> things would be better. So I just took steps to free myself, to like make myself feel lighter and be like happier. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that took a lot of having to first feel like you're deserving and mm-hmm. worth it to yeah. get the freedom. Because we mm-hmm. both had talked before about the having, or at least I've had a struggle with that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then also I love that 
it wasn't like you had to push yourself into the decisions as if Mm -hmm. like, like trying to manage and control yourself even more was how you were going to get to freedom. Mm -hmm. But instead really embracing the process that it's okay that if you take some time because that is your intuition talking. Yeah. I have always had this voice in the back of my head ever since I was really young, maybe like, I don't know, 15, 16, that one day I'm going to do this journey. Like, I'm going to do a journey with myself, not like take a trip, Uh but it'll like, I'm just going to take a journey with myself. Um, And I have for so many years felt like I couldn't do that. And I was like, because I had to fit into a box, a very, very tiny box. And it's like, I tried so hard and it has to do with relationships and in life in general. I tried to put myself into this tiny box and it was just impossible. So then I just decided that I can no longer do that because then I'm not alive. I can't not live that way. I If I have to be in this box, I'd rather not live. And that was an extreme scary place to be. Where I felt like if this is how I have to live, then I'd rather not live. Yeah. Because then I'm just existing like a horse that just stands in a pipe corral and just stands there. And it's just alive because you're just breathing and your heart beats. Yeah. But you're not alive, you know? So that... Oh, man. Sorry. That's fine. You can cut that. Uh, That is... Literally, I, I think of just Rue. That is Rue in the metal box. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And she was literally like, I either die mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. or I choose a new way. And I choose yeah. to trust this person or I choose to trust myself in your yeah, your case. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Man. That's yeah. just so... It might seem really far out there. But if you just try to think of yourself... And try to think of yourself as a mirror. You're a mirror to everything that you meet. If you meet someone with kindness, then the chance that someone will reflect kindness back is huge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. And with the horses as well. Which is why I really think that the lessons of the horse, the things that they teach us about how we want to be with ourselves Mm -hmm. are is the best quote unquote training, mm-hmm. you know, we can have. Yeah. And I think it's important that now when we have moved forward and she can be haltered and she can go for walks and she can have bareback pads and she can have a hackamore on and she can do so many things now. Yeah. And then I look at myself, I can do so many things now. I sleep with the light turned off in my own room. It's like, I know it sounds silly, but. These are things that I've held on for so long that I was so scared of doing. And I feel like if she's brave enough to do something, then I can be brave enough to do something. And I think it just like reflects. We're just like a mirror of each other all the time. And she has a really hard time now still when new people want to touch her body. Yeah. And I have then inst- so then when my mom was here my mom used to you know ride classical riding at a riding school and you know so it's very interesting to see her point of view see me train yeah because then when i one day i started to sit on her 
And then I was going to sit on Rue one day and she started screaming. And she just, no, like she didn't want me to do it. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. I'm so sorry. Like, I get it. You're not into it. I'm sorry. I pushed it too far. And then my mom, she comes from a really loving place, but she was like, well, if you don't do it now, then she won't learn that that's wrong. And that's such a classic way to think that, oh, if I don't make her surrender to what I want her to do with her body, then she'll learn that she can treat me this way. So right, as it, you yeah. see what I'm talking I about? I so, I so understand. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, if your horse doesn't want to go through a puddle, you better make that horse go through that puddle. Yeah. You know? Because or else it's always going to never go yeah. through a puddle. And it's so, I understand that people think that way because if everyone in your life says that to you, and if you get posi- positive reinforcement by punishing your horse and then to make it go through the water, yeah, then you learn that that's right. But... I then talked to my mom and I said, well, listen, if I now respect her that she doesn't want to do this today, I win her respect of respecting her. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, we don't have to do it. And I gave it a couple of days. And then when I tried again, it was like she gave me permission. Yes. And that's how I do think. That's how our relationship grows more and more is not because these horses are not doing this because they're being naughty yeah or because they're like well let me see what shit i can get away with today they're doing that because they're terrified because she's like so scared that she might die you know so and all the other horses that we have that have problems it's like no it doesn't want you to pick its feet not because it's being naughty It's because someone used to tie that leg to a metal pole and she had no idea when they were going to untie it. Yeah. So you have to have compassion and like, you know, they're not doing this because they're trying to be bad. They're doing this because they're terrified. Yeah. So you have to show them love so that they can give love. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, yes. I, I have two feelings. One is like, like you said, what are we really trying to prove with them? Like, Mm -hmm. is it that, you know if they don't go through the water water puddle, puddle mm-hmm. or whatever, that they're mm-hmm. going to learn mm-hmm. that they can't go, and, you know, that they're not listening or blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. are we proving to them something far more profound about the relationship and about mm-hmm. being heard? Yeah. And then also, this is just hitting me so hard how this is really how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do we see what we're doing as wrong and mm-hmm. then ignore our natural instincts mm-hmm. and our feelings about it and our fear mm-hmm. and we push all that down and we make ourselves do it anyway and we you know and we wrestle we we start a war with ourselves mm-hmm. over what we should or shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. or do we find the courage to listen to ourselves and to honor the t- you know the days or the moments where we are scared and we need to honor that mm-hmm. and where we need to be on our own side and where we need to stand with ourselves and say, no, it's enough mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow or the next or whatever, I will probably be totally able to handle this because yeah. I've stood with myself. Yeah. And uh, man, it's just like, I feel the exhaustedness of it. I feel like I can't speak well today, but I feel <laughs> how exhausting 
it is to try to manage ourselves so hard. Yeah. We try so hard to fit into like what we think society wants us to be all the time. Like what type of trainer are you? What type of method do you have? What type of wife are you? What type of mother are you? What type of friend are you? What type of, it's just like, I am not anything. You know, it's like people want to put horses in this boxes all the time. It's like, oh, what type of breed is it? What type of this is it? What can it do? Is it going to be a jumper? Is it going to be a dressage horse? I just want to be like, I don't know. Why? It's just going to be a horse. How about that? Yeah. How about I'm just a human? Yes. And I'm a human that wants, okay, I'm a human that just like wants peace. So I'm just going to seek peace. And why would a horse be different? Yeah. You know? Yes. And yes, I have to train these horses because that's how they're going to find families and that's how we can help more horses. Yeah. But it's like, I think generally the horses, you know, they say all oh, horses have to have a job. It's not, I don't think it's about horses having a job. It's about teaching these horses something that people think is fun to yeah. do. And that's why most people have horses. My job is to teach these horses that that can be fun. So it's like my horses has as a hobby to entertain people. (laughs) And then the people, their hobby is to have a horse to entertain. So that's kind of what I see my job as. It's like I'm not training them to become a certain thing. I'm just training them to like be amused by people. To find joy in life. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the box is perfection and the gatekeeper is shame. Mm -hmm. And man, I I also feel like I've that box like of trying to strive to be perfect and whatever it is, you know, like whatever the label or the box is, it could be wife or daughter Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. horse trainer or, you know, and I just... I feel for me, what I've been considering is like the quote unquote rewilding of Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and the rewilding of horses Mm -hmm. is being able to take off the pressures of what all that means about you and your worth and about what defines. Basically, like for me, I think I've felt like I've had to make up for my existence in some ways. Like if I get to the core of it, I'm like, shame is telling me that I need to make up for my existence. Mm -hmm. So I got to be a perfect something. Mm -hmm. And the chase never ends mm-hmm. and as long as we're like we're on that chase to be something that isn't just perfectly present of who mm-hmm. we are right now mm-hmm. we are suffering yeah in some way. and it's also like how can something that feels so right inside of you be wrong it can't yeah. so if i don't care what anyone says anymore i don't care what anyone says about how i live my life yeah because you know what it's not their life They don't have to be inside my box. They can make their own box. But I like to be super happy in my box. Yeah. And I don't care who I live with, what people think about that, or, yes, you know, my relationship or my relationships, if that's what I choose to have. I don't care about that. I just, because if they do, and if they critique that, or if they think that's wrong, you know, there's so many other people in the world to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they can be friends with someone else. And I really don't ever want to be someone that I'm not just to please 
someone. Yeah. Because I really need to please myself. Because if I don't, then I can't help horses to be the best that they can be. Yeah. I you know. I feel this so strong. And I, I think putting ourselves first is in no way selfish. It is the best thing mm-hmm. we can do for everyone around us and for ourselves. Because... Anytime someone judges us, it's only because there's something unresolved in themselves. So if we're here judging ourselves, we're going to project that onto other people. Yeah. Because it's, it's like Rue. Like if she's, if she has all that bottled up inside, she's going to take it out on people. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so if I want Rue to run with me, like (laughs) out of joy, right? So how can I run in a bad mood and for her to run with me out of joy. Yeah. It doesn't, and then again, then you're just a liar. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if I come with genuine joy to see her, how could she not meet me with joy to see me? Yeah. So if I run, I this just happened the other day. This is a very new thing that, that we do now because she's in a pasture with four other horses. And so she's kind of at the bottom, you know, because she's <laughs> yeah. the youngest. So she never gets like, um, you know, to come to the person first at the fence. Like there's right. four horses <laughs> that says hi before her. So now like we look at each other and I run to the other side of the pasture and she runs to meet me before anyone else yes, can catch up before <laughs> we get that and then so that's how I started running with it. but it made me so unbelievably happy when she came running for me yeah then of course that makes her happy it's yeah. just we just share emotions you know I love that too because it wasn't like you were like I'm going to train this horse to run no. with me it was birthed out of joy and yes. then what was created from that versus the other way around Yes. Yeah. And I want to touch her and scratch her and love on her because I love her. Yeah. You know, because yes. I want to show her love. Like when you're with your friends, like you want to hug your friends and like, you know, hold yeah. your dad's hand or like, you know, twirl your mom's hair. I know it sounds silly, but like that's what you do. If if that's how you express love, that's how I express love. And she lets me do it because it's genuine. Yes. You know. Versus I'm going to hug you a bunch to try to be your friend, even when you don't yes. want to be touched. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've never given her treats or done anything with treats. I mean, when I've tried, I give her like three, four treats, and then she gets so pissed that I stopped, and she was just in a bad mood and doesn't want to do anything. Because then it's also like, what? What? You're going to give me a treat? So do a trick for you? She just finds that offensive. Like, she's just like, that is just so disrespectful. Which I also love, and I love that you've said this too, like, you don't have a method. And Mm -hmm. I think the more and more, like, you trust your intuition and Mm -hmm. you trust yourself and your feeling, the more methods fall away. Yeah. Because methods also, I think, are... If the wild in us, yeah. and we're trying to restore the wild, is coming back to trusting ourselves and mm-hmm. trusting how we feel, mm-hmm. I think I start to see that methods are more a like box. another box, yeah, <laughs> a way that we're trying to fix ourselves or yeah. trying to be good or trying to manage. Yeah, it's like everyone's so lost in life all the time. I mean, yeah. if we're just like these humans walk around on this earth. We have no idea what we're doing. Let's just be honest. Yeah. No so does. it's like if someone writes a book and says, here is the free to rebuild method, be like, oh, so great. I'll just take this book. I'll do exactly what says in this book. Everything will be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's-, it's like 
It's impossible. There is, I don't have a method because I do different with all horses. Yeah. Rue, you just need to be honest with her because if you're honest with her, she'll be honest to you back. And it's like, for example, with other horses, like with Shakira, for example, uh-huh. if she doesn't want something, she'll grind her teeth. And if you don't respect that, she will like get super sour and she doesn't want to be with you. But if you just listen to when she grinds her teeth or not, then she like is super friendly towards you and she wants to do things with you. Yeah. And so it's like, they're all so different and they're yes. all speaking to us. We just need to learn how to listen. Yeah. You know, they're all talking to each other all day long in the pasture. They live as a herd. Yeah. You know, so just because maybe they don't need to speak so much human. Maybe we just need to speak more horse. I agree. And I also think you don't need someone to explain to you how to speak horse. If you think mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't get it. I need a, I need one of these methods. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to buy a book. <laughs> everyone like, and getting guidance, you know, I think can be great. And yeah. I think that getting help can be great, mm-hmm. but also trusting that you your intuition on it and not just the, what you want to hear, but what you really feel with the horse. If you can be honest with yourself that like, for instance, even if a horse says no, Mm -hmm. which I think can be hard for people to hear, like, you know, they asked to ride and the horse says no. Mm -hmm. If you can, I think if you can put aside just what you want to really feel into what you know about what that horse is saying, Mm -hmm. you have it. Everyone has it. Everyone has it. When you do something and it feels wrong, but you do it anyway, then it's wrong. That doesn't make it right just because you do it two times. Yeah. If it feels wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. And if it feels right, it's right. Yeah. You know? If you're not hurting anyone or hurting yourself, then there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Yeah. You know? And I think it's important in training. I mean, like, sure, yeah, I want to ride Rue. I want us to do all these different things. And I wondered for a really long time why she would slick her ears back and be really angry when I would walk her, take her on walks. It's really interesting <laughs> because it took me a while to figure it out. And I figured it out like a couple of weeks ago because uh-huh. she found it so boring that I decided where we go. <laughs> she was so mad she would bite my shoulder sometimes when i was like okay let's go on the road and she would want to go and do something else so when i sometimes was like okay so what do you want to do yeah. and then she would go off and be like well i don't want to be around the other horses i want us to venture because you know it's like i thought that she would be scared if we walked way far off from the other horses yeah no that's what she wants so she yeah. wants to go and discover things and then she'd be really happy and that's not because, oh, she is now the boss. She now gets to decide. She, we're having a relationship. Yeah. We're playing <laughs> in a way of like, oh, I show you, you show me. It's just like yeah. a give and take. And look what like also limit you thought she had. Yeah. That was able to like, she was able to show you, no, I don't have this limit. I can walk far away and yeah. I want to. Yeah. And, and I you was wouldn't like, hear it if you didn't listen. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. It's like I would take her to Grace Green Grass. No, she wants to eat leaves and sticks. <laughs> but I wouldn't have known if I didn't listen. Yeah. So I think for the first time in her life, she's very young. She's only four years old. So I think for the first time in her life, someone's really listening to her. And for yeah. so long, she's just been standing there screaming. Just listen, someone please listen to me. Yeah. 
you know, and that's all I'm trying to do. And she's teaching me more about life than I could ever teach her about life. And it's working out. This is also what I want, like... When we load... We should talk about when we load... Try to load... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, row. Like, yeah, because I think that... Like, to kind of preface that, when I think of, like, Rue mm-hmm. and how ag- aggressive she started out, and I think that yeah. most people, like I said, wouldn't be able to handle it. Like... um, I was intimidated by it, you know? And to see that you listening to her mm-hmm. is, quote unquote, working in the way that people want. Yes. She is becoming yes. less and less aggressive. And yes. any of the other methods of like trying to force her into something or trying to show her who's boss or mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, oh, she can't lead on a walk yeah. because then she's going to learn this, yeah. like, you know, bad habit or whatever, mm-hmm. that did not work. And no. it would not work for her. No. And I think that it's good to see that too, that, you know, if it's kind of like, what are we really wanting from our horses? And mm-hmm. if we're wanting them mm-hmm. to be happy and peaceful and for us to all to be safe and have a good mm-hmm. relationship together, mm-hmm. we have to rethink our priorities of like, what are we... Is it really a value that a horse never questions me on a walk and never wants? No, I find that ridiculous. Yeah, because it's like why, why, why does people think that they have the right to have a horse that should do anything that they say all the time? Yeah, why? I I don't. (laughs) I I don't understand that because I want them to have a voice. Yeah, and it's like I don't ever. So we have certain rules. You don't hurt me. And if I say, now you need to listen to me, like you need to do this one thing because I need you to do it. I need them to do it because they trust me. And that comes like if we got to load in a fire. Yeah. All my girls, they will load if I ask them to load because they know it's like, okay, she's really asking me something. It means... That she really needs me to do it. Yeah. Because they also give them the option of not doing things all the time that are like little stupid things. It's like, yeah. okay, you don't want me to pick your foot for five minutes. You want me to do, like be a little faster about it. Okay. Or you want to go an adventure here or you don't want to lunch. You think it's boring to lunch inside a riding house. You yeah. want to lunch in an outdoor arena. Okay, but why not give it to your horse and lunch in an yeah. outdoor arena? Like, it's so easy to meet halfway. And, and this is what I really mean, too. Like, that's kind of, like, the perfect example that I think people think, oh, you give your horse freedom. Well, then you're just giving it all up and they're See? never going to yeah. listen. And yeah. and that's, it's a relationship. Like, in a relationship, I do think you, you're not, like, the king or queen that gets to decide <laughs> no. everything. And that, that's what's going to make for a good relationship. That Yeah. When, if you're building something where you listen to each other and then there's a moment where they do really need to yeah listen, like with a fire yeah or because there's something with our human world that won't let them like, yeah won't be safe for them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like all of a sudden you can't do the important things or you can't ask something of them. Yeah. You can't. And exactly. And it was like in the fire, there was many different trailers and there were many different people trying to load. And there was some of my girls that was like, I will not load for you. Mm-hmm. And then 
to send someone away to say, you may not load my horse, even if it's an emergency, you cannot do it. That's something that's super important and very powerful. Yeah. Because then if you're done like, okay, we will now load you in a different way with like kindness, then they load right away. Yeah. It's not that they don't want to be loaded. It's about how do, how are they going to load? And what relationship have you actually built? Yeah. To do that. Yeah. And it didn't have to be me doing it. It just had to be someone that be like, okay, hey, we're going to go on this trailer right now. Okay. They're like, okay. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. But when we were trying to load um, Roe, the wild horse, um, it was really interesting because Rue was watching us the whole time. Yeah. And she was like coming up to the fence and she was talking to me and she was like, what are you guys doing? And this and that. And she was really interested in it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take her out and I'm going to see if she can show Ro how to go on the trailer. And for the first time, Rue got to teach someone else not to be scared. So she got to pay it forward. (laughs) So, and to me, there was no doubt in my mind that she wouldn't want to do it, that she wasn't into this yeah because i just like walked up on the trailer and she was like okay and she She was yeah (laughs) she was like on it because it was something it was a fun thing to do that we did together and i never steered her wrong yeah so if you never punish them for something it's like why would they trust you if you punish them for stupid little shit like why would they ever trust you yeah i mean no, if you beat your dog every other time, then it's like they don't know when they're going to get beat. Yeah. And it's the same with horses. If you're going to scold them, it's like they won't trust you. Yeah. 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 And I always say to you, because you sometimes, you know, when a horse turns their butt towards you, you flinch a little bit. <laughs> and you're always like, well, you know, I don't know. But there's things that you do. Like you go with those wild horses and I have on camera when I'm filming and I'm running, <laughs> running with my camera because I'm terrified because they're starting to fight. See, things like that scare me. But when a horse turns their butt to me or something like that, it never scares me because, you know, if I trust them, they trust me. And if I trust, like, listen, she's not going to hurt me. And I say that to you all the time. Like, yeah. she's not going to hurt you. She's not going to hurt me. <laughs> because if I really, really trust that, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking yesterday about, like, because I think, it, you know, it's so important not to just squash our fears. And like we were talking earlier, and I was thinking about the difference between your fear and my fear. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, you with, like, with the horses you work with and if they were to come up behind me in the fence, you know, and like, and Rue comes and like bites people and I'm like, oh, my body, you know, and and I have to honor that because that fear is real. So the horses are going to like respond to it differently Mm -hmm. versus, yeah, like out in the wild horses when they're all like galloping around, I feel quite comfortable going out in the middle of them (laughs) and, and you didn't as much. And I think that like honoring that in yourself is going to have a lot to do with also like, like, I feel if I was to put myself into a situation with a horse swinging their butt at me that I didn't know that horse and I didn't yep. trust, because 
even if I tried to be like really brave about it, like you said, to be honest, I'm scared. That's going to be what goes through versus... Do you do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like no, the, I do understand what you're saying. It's oh just that I have just decided a long time ago yeah. that if I'm supposed to work with horses that are this way, I have to trust that they're not going to hurt me because if I doubt yeah. them, they will doubt me. Yeah, I. And, and I also is, love yeah, it. but this is not something that I sat one day and was like, hmm, what is my method? Yeah, Wait, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to trust them because then they're going to trust me. It's like it wasn't like that. It's yeah. like my whole life growing up and I've had horses like this my entire life. It's like I just learned that it's like they will never trust me. If I don't trust them, because just imagine if you're a person and everyone says that you are something that you're really not, be like, oh, that kid is so mean. That kid is so mean. No, but that kid was just really sad, you know, had a really shitty home, you know? So then it's like when I'm with these horses that I'm like, you know, I just have to trust that you're actually not mean. You're actually sad, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I do. And I think that I feel that way about all the horses that you work with like mm-hmm. like rue i don't think is in any way mean i really feel like everything you say because you've her, seen her on, i've seen her all I mean, she's so <laughs> sweet you just so die sweet. i think also though it's like <laughs> it, it's really exciting to me to think about like if we are following our intuition of like about in all ways in our path in life of like who we're supposed to be working with, Mm -hmm. who we're supposed to be connecting with. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like you work with these horses that maybe I wouldn't work with because you, even though they're difficult because you, you know, and you trust and you, Mm -hmm. I think you know, you're there. That is your work. And I feel like I, for me, and and this could be like an ego bruise if I had, if I was like more in the mindset of trainer, like Mm -hmm. there are some horses that, are not mine to Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to be the perfect fit for every horse and the wild horses that I'm, you know, that I have and the horses that might be like Mm Roe, you know, who I remember you saying, you can't imagine like trying to train her and work with her like that. (laughs) And I feel so excited for her. And like, I feel so like, Oh, like, Oh, I I can connect with her. Like I feel like, like, really aligned with her yeah. and I think that's part of like following what you deeply know and not just going with well I'm a trainer so I should match every horse no I do not match every horse you yeah. know and I think it's just important to say that straight off the bat it's like and I don't ride pretty I don't like sit up straight <laughs> and like all these things and my dad always was like well you know I saw this one video when you were riding you really hunched over I'm like yeah dad but did the horse look happy <laughs> yeah he was like yeah, yeah but there's no really the point I was like it's pretty much the only point the only point yeah. <laughs> it's like and he has really started to come around to understand it and it's like when he he comes like once a year and he'll meet some of these horses and then the next year he's like it's like a completely different horse yeah. you know um so you know i just just don't want to be a liar i don't want to lie to myself i don't want to lie to my horses i don't want to lie to anyone else i just want to show my true feelings i want them to tr- show their true feelings yeah and i just want us all to get along you know yeah. That's all I want. I was thinking, I might have written something about this or posted it, but, uh, or maybe I didn't, but I was writing about this idea a few weeks ago that 
so often we try so hard not to show when we have hurt feelings Mm -hmm. and when we're insecure about something, you know, we hide it. And we talked about this earlier, but we hide it because we think, you know, other people are going to see us as weak or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that every time we do that, we're in some ways rejecting ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're saying that whatever we're feeling isn't good enough or isn't right or is embarrassing Mm -hmm. or yeah it's just like a small betrayal to like our heart and yeah I forget why I was saying that I think we've kind of already (laughs) talked about that but I'm just like so in the mindset of like our feelings are so valid and yeah and we have to be we have to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. And it's like our feelings are valid. Also are the horse's feelings. Yes. They're valid. And they have fears and they have things that they really like. They have food that they like. They have friends that they like more than other friends. Like yeah. they're just like us. Yeah. So do you just if you have a horse that used to be happy and now are really angry, you should probably take a look at yourself. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. You should really be like why is my horse so angry? What did I do to piss it off? What is it that's making it angry? Because no baby's born angry. Yeah. No foal is born angry. Yeah. No one is born angry. And where are the places, like, if we look at ourselves, like, compassionately with that, like, mm-hmm. are there places that I'm angry because I'm not, like, there for myself or I'm like saying something about myself is wrong or I'm punishing myself and where can I extend compassion more to me Mm -hmm. and that will then also extend more compassion to the horse yes I really believe that yes and I'm super excited for what's to come for 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 Rue and for Ro ah me too (laughs) but like I feel like they have two different lives coming you know like um Ro She's learning to fit into a society on a mountain and learn how it is to live with them. A horse and, society. Exactly. Yeah. And Rue, she has just of a tough task in front of her. My job is to show her how to be the best citizen that she can be. It's almost yeah. like when you teach your kid like to be like, you can stand up for yourself in school, but you can't punch anyone in the face. Yeah. But you can tell me about it and I'll, you know, deal with it. And it's like, you can put up... I taught my little niece to do this. I... And this is kind of, I taught her to be like, I said to her, okay, what do you say if someone's really mean to you? What do you do? She puts up her hand in front of herself and she goes, no, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I was like, you can't punch anyone. And she's like, no, I know, Auntie Frida. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of what I do with the horses too. Be like, you can say no, but you can't hurt anyone. Yeah. You it's, know? it's like you can be vulnerable and then have accountability, hold people accountable yes. and you can yes. have boundaries. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like projecting yourself onto them or being, or exactly. taking things out on them or. Exactly. Yeah. Now my dog is choking a little bit, <laughs> um, but uh, she does this sometimes, but I think I'm really excited to what's to come for both our young girls because yeah. they're both four years old. I'm kind of like so stoked and excited and think it's really cool that synchronicities happen like this that now you and I both have a rue in a row. <laughs> I know. And these two bright, fiery, like four-year-olds. And what and they're both two mirrors of ourselves. Yes. One lives in a mountain with you on a mountain yeah. and you're both like super free spirited and just like don't brush your hair yeah. <laughs> and then it's like you see Rue 
my room, her hair, her hair is like so straight. It like does not tangle at it's all. Like your hair, <laughs> it's like my hair. It will not tangle. Oh and she's God. like freezes a lot. She wants to live in a barn when it rains. She hates it. She'll pound the gate for me to come get her. It's yeah. like it's really interesting that we all end up where we're supposed to be if we just listen. Yeah, you know what I love that too is like. Uh, what is a box to someone else is freedom to someone else and you have to listen to yourself to know what that is yes and um (laughs) and now man i'm really thinking about it that is actually so cool like that she's out with tangled hair and like frolicking around in the woods and that is (laughs) definitely feels like i'm gonna be like analyzing myself with her now be like yeah in what way is she my mirror Yes, but they're all your mirror. Yeah, they know? all are. And and I yeah. think about that with the other ones, but now I'm like, in what way is Roe my mirror? Like, Well, she's like, if you were a horse, you'd be that horse. A hundred percent. And if I was a horse, I'd be Rue. A million percent, I'd be her. That is like an ego stroke for me because I was taking <laughs> pictures of Roe the other day, like out there, and I was like, you are my muse. You are like, I have never, you are the most glorious creature. And I'm like taking her photo and she's like posing for me. And I'm just like, I, I'm in love with you. I, You're the greatest thing ever. So if she's me as a, as a horse, like, yeah, flip my hair yeah, so no, it's just, I think I'm excited for this year and I'm excited for these girls' journey. Yeah. And I think it'd be really cool if in one year we did an update where sure. they are. You oh, know, yes. Now they're both where they're supposed to be. Yeah. They're safe and they're happy and like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? The, I think I, I had a really big moment like of you yesterday or not yesterday. You talking about Rue, about seeing her in the box and like how you relate to yourself. Yeah. Yesterday, I, when we put her in the trailer and this, this reflects like where I'm at in my life a lot. We put her in the trailer and we had to shut the door. Yeah. And asking her to go in the trailer, I was trying to explain everything of like, you know, come in here Mm -hmm. and trust me. There's going to be change. And yeah. it might seem really scary. Yeah. And we're going to have to go on this drive and then yeah. you're going to have your new life. But you just have yeah. to trust me yeah. that while change is scary, mm-hmm. this is really for the best. Mm-hmm. And I feel like then when I was driving her in the trailer, I was just thinking about like, what are her emotions in there about this is the moment where she can't see the next step mm-hmm. and she has to trust that there's mm-hmm. something good waiting mm-hmm. for her. And this is the scary moment of, I, I got in the trailer. I put my trust there, but now I now I don't know. Now I'm on a freeway. Thanks. Yeah, now I'm yeah. on a freeway, and now I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And and that feels so right for like what I've been like thinking about with mm-hmm. myself. That like you don't always get to see the next step, but you have to trust the process that yeah. you're going for something good, yeah. and that if you keep following your intuition, and you know, if I was the voice to her saying please come on the trailer. There's no force, but if you come, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a good life. And if you listen and you like open your heart to me, Mm -hmm. hopefully good things will happen. It's like the same thing for me. Like if I can trust the process and like the, (sighs) yeah, I just, hopefully that made sense, but that feels, I was thinking about that so hard on the drive yesterday. And that was like my moment of the box. Like that is where I am at. That is what I'm really like trying to lean into is that trust of, you know, that things are leading, that the more trust you give and the more you follow your intuition and the more you open mm-hmm. your heart, the better and like 
yeah. other things will come. And you spoke to, about that in other podcasts. I've been like, if I need to open a gate, I'll open a gate. Then when I feel like I need to close the gate, I'm going to close it. Yes. And I don't know why, but I feel it, so I'm going to do it. That's so where I'm at right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> and that's how it is with Rue. I have no idea what we're doing. I have yeah. no idea. But as long as her is happy and I'm happy, then it's right. Yeah. And if I don't feel like I should sit on her then I shouldn't sit on her. And if I feel like we should be on an adventure, let's go on an adventure. You know, it's all about, I think when you become real friends, not fake friends and like lie to each other about your emotions. Yeah. (laughs) It's like when you're real friends, then I think that you have no limits. It's like the horses in the Olympics. They go in there with their person and they jump an Olympic course, not because you're being told to. It's because they want, want to. Like, these horses would never jump and do that because they were forced into do it. I, I truly do not believe that because they must do it also for themselves because it's just, like, so unbelievable. And I think that if we have these horses that are, like, Rue and Ro and all that, that if we just become true friends with them and make them believe in themselves, I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to be in the Olympics, but you know they could be you know? yeah and whatever the olympics is to you like whatever that yeah yeah like yeah i don't know maybe she'll be like a 10 year old's horse one day i don't know i don't know what's <laughs> gonna happen i'm not gonna put her in a box she'll show me who she is maybe you'll ride through montana yeah. uh jumping <laughs> from horse to horse with all of them free running through you know, yeah. maybe that's, that's a the whole dream. nother yeah. podcast. <laughs> your dream. Your yes. Dream. One day we will talk about my wild uh, dream ride. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's going to happen. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, thank you for making Ro and Rue both like, it's because of you that these horses are, <laughs> are have a chance at like such a beautiful life. Well, thank you so much for having a mountain. <laughs> that was a huge hurdle in this whole thing. Yeah. We couldn't have done it without your mountain. Um, and, you know, thank you for having me here. Because when I'm here and I can speak about horses like Rue and people would go and follow her progress, it's like it opens up people to, like, think that horses that are problem horses, label like problem horses, that they can become really, really, really sweet. And, you know, I think it just opens people's minds and hearts. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And it's a good thing for a rescue that we can be on the show so that people will, you know, go on the rescue and that way we can help and adopt out more horses. Yeah. And I do want to say, and I've said this in the other episodes that you and I have Mm -hmm. done together, that a little rescue is (laughs) my favorite rescue because I have never seen, um, honestly, people care about horses so much. And you guys, every horse you have, like, is it's like you said about Brandy. Like, I don't think there's any length you guys wouldn't go to to help a horse. It's about quality, not quantity. Yeah. You know, and uh, I can live my life and do what I do for these horses because of her. And I am forever grateful for her. And, you know, anyone that can support the rescue in any way, just like go on our Instagram or just like, you know, put good thoughts out there. Or if you hear someone that's looking for a horse, just send them our way. 
because it would be so, so appreciated. And we're always open to questions and I'm here to help if anyone lives across the world but has a really difficult case. I don't know. You can always, you know, write me. Yes. And also think if you adopt a horse from a little rescue, Frida's going to have worked with them. Yes. (laughs) So it's going to be pretty awesome because... She's going to know so much about them and really match up a great friendship for you. Yes, and we'll become friends and then I'll come visit you all the time. (laughs) And that's how Mosey and I became so good friends because, like, it gave you one of the nicest and best things I've ever had. I gave to you. Moon is... Is my dog choking again? (laughs) (laughs) So for people who want to find you and Mm -hmm. the rescue, where where can they best find you? Uh, so it's called A Little Rescue. We have a website. And then we also have an Instagram that's also called A Little Rescue. And then the same on Facebook. And then you can find me. And it's my name is Frida, F-R-I-D-A. And then my last name is Rebel, R-I-E, B as in boy, E-L. And uh, through there you can find the rescue as well. We are always looking for, like, people to spread our word or to volunteer or to adopt horses or foster anything that you can so great um (laughs) and all that will be in the show notes thank you everyone so much for listening i will see you guys next week with a brand new episode thank you for sharing about the show and writing reviews and sending comments and everything you guys do because it's just the best and thank you thank you thank you for being here see you guys next week bye bye (laughs) 